This is the fear of science. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fan Expo Vancouver 2020, the first ever podcast alley. It's time for Fear of Science Live! My name is Daniel Chai. And I'm Jeff Porter. And Fear of Science is the podcast that dives into the wide world of science and science-related topics. Invite special guests on with us to talk about a variety of issues um, that uh, affects a wide variety of people. Now, we are here at Vancouver Convention Center for Fan Expo Vancouver 2020, and there's lots of wonderful fans and nerds and geeks out here. We are definitely fans and geeks. But there definitely is, uh, there definitely can be a darker side to geekdom, to fandom, and that is why today's episode is titled The Fear of Geeks. The Fear of Geeks. Now, luckily, joining us on the panel here today, we are joined by two special guests to help us explore this topic. Please introduce yourselves for our listeners, our live audience. Introduce yourself and explain your connection to the world of geek. Uh, my name is Evelyn13. I'm a local Vancouver cosplayer, model, DJ, and I specialize in the strange and unusual. Nice. Wonderful. I'm Pia Guerra. I am a comic book artist and editorial cartoonist and gag cartoonist. I'm uh, known for Why the Last Man and working uh, doing cartoons for Mad Magazine and The New Yorker Magazine. Wonderful. Thank you very much uh, for joining us here. And thank you very much for joining us here. Now, Jeff, uh, I always love to uh, uh, start off an episode by checking in with you. Uh, what inspired you to invite us here to uh, uh, organize this panel for Fan Expo Vancouver 2020? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think I've been a fan of the Fan Expo for a long time. And uh, I really wanted us to, to be here. And I've been a geek my entire life. And uh, I think it's a great topic to explore. And about, like you said, the, the darker side of geekdom. Excellent. Now, uh, uh, check in for our, our um, uh, panelists, uh, and maybe even uh, from our audience. Um, is there, uh, have any of us experienced um, a, a time when we were uh, afraid of, you know, fans, uh, afraid of the darker side of geekdom, of fandom. Have you ever had an op, uh, something that has made you go, whoa, this is, this is a little too intense. This is not what geekdom, what fandom is all about. You get it from time to time. I mean, you'll have some pretty rabid fans who uh, really insist that things be a certain way. Uh, I think we've been pretty fortunate with why that we haven't had too much of that. Um, but, you know, when you're just having general conversations, especially on social media, there's always going to be someone who just wants to start a fight. And right. so you've just got to be, you know, ready for it. And, especially yeah. on social media. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> thank yeah. you for sharing. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I find at the comic conventions, people are genuinely quite nice and very friendly. However, on the Internet, that's a whole other story. <laughs> So I've been read to filth for a few things. <laughs> right. Uh, now, uh, the, the two of you, you are um, very, very active in the, uh, in the convention community, in, um, you know, in, in your lines of work as a cosplayer, a DJ, as an artist. Um, do you find that interacting with fans is part, of, part and parcel of the business? Do you find that you need to be on social media for the work that you do? Yeah, I think it's really vital because you it's that's all part of like public relations. You want to spread the word about your book. You want people to to know about it and to see that they're, you know, how they're interacting with it. Uh, you want to hear what they have to say and uh, that's it's really important because again, it's a, such a small industry. I mean, compared to so many other entertainment fields, uh, you really need to be out there or else it's very easy for a book to to disappear. Brian and I did a lot of outreach when we first started and I think is that's pretty much what got it started. Right. Yes, I agree. Um, being on social media is very important, uh, especially for us because we do travel a lot to different conventions. So it's good to let everybody know, hey, this is where I'm going to be next. And then they can come and see you and, you know, you can sell shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
got to pay rent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Social media is super important. I wish I was better at it, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> um, wonderful. Now, uh, uh, of, of course, now, uh, uh, being a geek, being a, being a nerd, being, um, you know, being a fan of, of things is, you know, uh, uh, I would say even more so now more than ever, even though it's a weird thought because, you know, comic book conventions, you know, uh, comics, video games, collectible figures, uh, they've been around for decades and decades. Um, but do you, do we feel that, uh, that the community, the industry is still growing and is it growing in the right directions? And if yes or if no, why? Um, for me, I feel like the community is definitely growing, um, except it is very different than how, how it was. I feel like um, a lot of people are very interested in cosplay and anime and video games. And as someone who's a little older, uh, I don't know what half of that stuff is. <laughs> so I'm like, comics, yay, I know these characters. But I'm a little bit unfamiliar with some of the newer stuff. Uh, mostly because I just don't have the time to sit down and play a video game and donate like 60 hours of my life <laughs> to a video game. In so it's growing for sure. I definitely see a lot more people at the conventions, but um, I'm a little more unfamiliar with where it's going. Do you, do you feel that there is a pressure that's put on you that in order to be a geek, you have to do this, 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 read these books, play these games? Yeah, for sure, a little bit, um, because people will ask me questions, and I'll be like, <laughs> I don't know. Do they get in-depth about your cosplays sometimes, to the point that... Oh, well, most of the cosplays that I wear, I'm familiar with, so then I can just chat with guests and stuff about what I'm wearing, and we talk about the things that we liked about movies or comics, so that's, that's good, but I definitely do feel like... I can't relate to some of the attendees just because I'm not invested in some of the fandoms that are out there, and there's so many fandoms. Yeah, yeah I think when, because <clears throat> I, I did cosplay, I still do cosplay for a, a little bit, but I think that was one of the things that was really hard for me to choose a character that I wanted to become as well, mm -hmm. is that I felt like if I was going to be that character, I have to know everything. <laughs> about that character because people will ask you and sometimes you just don't know like you know my my last character i did i did a sweetums um and i know a fair amount about the muppets but i don't know everything about sweetums and people would come you're and, just the fake sweetums yeah yeah <laughs> or galactus when i was galactus that was the worst because i love galactus as a character but I don't know every comic that Galactus has been in. So people especially would come to me with like really specific Squirrel Girl questions where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Look, I'm just here to eat a planet. Uh, I, I don't have time to, to deal with this. Um, interesting. Now, uh, uh, by the way, uh, this is now the time. Uh, by the way, before, before I forget, uh, for our listeners uh, listening to this uh, afterwards, I will say, Jeff, wow, your cosplay today is so yeah. massive. I wish the listeners could see your cosplay. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. I put so much work into this. Yeah, I mean, is that is that real hair? Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Wow. It's wow. epic. My, my cosplay is a, is a podcast. Yeah. Is that a Tesla <laughs> coil right at the top? <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's so yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, if there's anyone in the audience who does have a question uh, uh, for our panelists, for us about, um, about your experience, Experiences um, dealing with fandoms or or being a geek, we would love to answer your questions. Feel free to raise your hand, and uh, we will get a microphone for you. Now, uh, I guess my next question, moving on, is, uh, you know, uh, Jeff, you were mentioning that in your own experience of of being of being a geek, um, that you had some uh, you had experiences where. Now, it, when people came up to you to ask you about your cosplay, did you feel that they were being more super excited about your cosplay, or were they trying to, trying to like prove you that you weren't a real fan? Uh, were they, uh, no, maybe they you ever were had that? They were excited about my cosplay. Good, for sure. good, right? Yeah, I think it's not like it wasn't any toxic gatekeeping at all. Where like you shouldn't be Galactus if you know everything about him. Um, I think. The only critical stuff I got about my cosplay was from myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're our own worst yeah. critical. Yeah. 
Yeah, but Judge? no, I, I got a lot of positivity from Good. from my cosplays at least. So. Awesome, thank but you. One thing I did have, <clears throat> so I used to run a cosplay group for a little while, a meetup group um, called For the Love of Cosplay, and uh, it ended up kind of falling apart uh, due to toxic uh, geekdom. So I, uh, it was it was really great to begin with. We had an awesome time. People would get together and just talk shop and talk about how to make new new cosplays. But then uh, we had this one guy start showing up who would always dress up as the Joker. <clears throat> and uh, we didn't dress up for these meetups. He would only dress up. But then the problem was he would insist on acting like the Joker the entire time. Um, so he actually ended up offending a lot of women in the group. Um, and it kind of broke Aww. down the group. I, I had to disband <laughs> it because of it. So it's... Uh, Things like that that I think happen a lot in the geek community. I guess you could argue, too, it really happens in the world in general. Anytime you have a group of people that are passionate about something, it's going to have people like that. Oh, oh. Uh, okay. Now, uh, of course, definitely there are some things to be said about, uh, about fandoms being, you know, uh, I'm sorry to hear that you had that experience, Jeff, in that group. But I am happy that you had a positive experience in bringing together cosplays, uh, a group of fans were cosplays that really enjoy. Um, so I guess I, I also want to make sure that we're also saying that we are grateful for being fans and geek communities. Because I think that that's also wonderful that we have experiences like Fan Expo and cosplay groups. Um, so so uh, uh, I, I'd like to take a moment. Is there, is there a moment that we've had where we felt that, ah, being a geek is something to be celebrated, not necessarily be afraid of. H have you had positive experiences of being, uh, being a geek? Well, I think my favorites are going to conventions and seeing everybody just having a great time. You see the costumes, you see just the enthusiasm, everybody's keen to talk about stuff. I mean, as a, as a creator, we spend the majority of our year in a studio with our noses in our work, and we, it's very isolating. So when we get to these spaces to go for a convention, to do a signing, to do a, a talk, and then we meet all these other creators who we only ever see at these conventions. So it's like, oh my god, you know, I have these group of friends that I only see at San Diego or, or at Emerald City or over at New York Comic Con. And it's like, I'm so excited because I get to see them again. And so we all just, we just congregate and it's just like we're normally very isolated, quiet people and suddenly we're incredibly, you know, just loquacious. We're just, you know, we, we just, we non-stop talking, excited, talking about the latest movies we saw, this TV show and, oh, you got to read this. And so it's like, it's a wonderful environment to be in. And yeah, it can get out of hand sometimes and you just kind of try and cope with the best you can. But it's that kind of core of it that makes it all worth it. Hmm. Thank you. I agree. Absolutely worth it. Thank you. <laughs> I like going to conventions and meeting people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you, are you uh, part of a, a larger cosplay community at all in the city? Or? Uh, yeah, I used to work with the Ghostbusters of BC, and we Woo! did charity events and stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed working with them. Um, but I, yeah, like we had some issues previously where people were trying to join our group, but you're like, you know, I mean, you're at a convention, there's lots of people and different types of people. So you have to make sure that the people that are representing your group are being polite and kind and, you know, aren't gatekeeping. So, yeah, yeah. you know, before you can just be like, oh yeah, come join our group. There does kind of have to be a screening process almost. Yeah. And I think that kind of gatekeeping like Ghostbusters do it. 501st as well has, like you have to have, they have a standard of what your costume needs to be like and in a way they kind of interview you to become part of the group. Mm. I think that's important to have for sure. Yeah, we weren't too concerned about the costume accuracy because we were there, there to just have fun and raise money for usually children's charities, but right. you know, just making sure that people aren't being weird or creeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, uh, uh, Jeff, um, uh, we, of course, we have lots of wonderful audience members here, but uh, I actually have a question specifically for, for two, two friends of ours that, that I see in the audience that it has to do with, um, with, with uh, uh, geekdom and trying to build a community. Um, uh, 
Is there, uh, uh, are there any representatives of the podcast Dark Poutine here? <laughs> Dark oh, Poutine. Hey, oh, hey. Oh, uh, uh, could uh, one or both of you join me up here quickly? Because I do have actually a question that perhaps the two of you can answer. Uh, round of applause for the Dark Poutine. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, there we go. Now, uh, Dark Poutine, uh, Dark Poutine, you, uh, we've been very lucky to have had Dark Poutine on the Fair Science before. Dark Poutine uh, does a very a great Canadian uh, ins true crime podcast. Absolutely popular, and we're very glad to have uh, them here joining us for a quick cameo. Now, uh, what I wanted to ask is uh, the two of you uh, with Dark Poutine, you two have fostered a really great community fan base for the Dark Poutine. Uh, on Facebook, you have the Yumber Yard. The Yumber Yard, which is a Facebook group where all of your fans can gather together and interact with each other. And there's thousands of fans on this Facebook group for your, your podcast. When there's thousands of people in a Facebook fan group for podcasts from all over the world, has there ever been an issue where something has gone out of hand, that you've had to ban someone, delete someone, or is it almost all positive and, and a really great experience? Uh, and who are you, by the way, when you answer? Oh, I'm Scott Hemingway. Perfect. Uh, and? I'm Mike Brown, creator and host, Dark Poutine Podcast. Uh, so, yeah, have you ever had a... a, a a toxic and uh, a bad fandom reaction from anyone in your in this Facebook group or in general from your your fan base, which is uh, also very large. I'm a control freak, so I kind of handle all the social media. We do have some other moderators in the group because there's over seven thousand people there now, uh, but we have had some really weird reactions. So we try to moderate who comes into the group by checking to see if they're a real person, first of all, <laughs> because some people will just come to say the rudest, meanest things that they can possibly think of. So we've had some really awful experiences, but we try to keep the group a very positive place and we've gained that reputation now, I think, so. Awesome. So, so being pro, being proactive. If you if you have a fan group, if you have a, a cosplay group, if you have a, an artist group, a D and D group, um, very uh, uh, being proactive with making sure that guidelines are set and people know what has happened. Um, now, uh, for for you, Scott, uh, do you find that uh, uh, fandoms? Uh, Having a place where people get to come together and celebrate being uh, a fan is also useful for your work, just like our special guest here. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think developing a healthy, strong social community is good word of mouth is always going to be the best marketing tool. No matter what else you rely on, word of mouth is going to be the best. And so if you can foster a really healthy engaged group of people and have real real genuine relationships with them as much as you can in a virtual world but interact with them get to know them like make it a very genuine relationship you have with your listeners and yeah it, it it's it, it's incredible and in how that can grow a group fandom and and bring more people onto. We have people who come into the group sometimes who don't even listen to the show, but their friends have brought them in there, and so yeah, it's incredible in in regards to. And and thankfully, we do have. There's the occasional troll, but we do have overwhelming amount of great people and positive interactions there. So we're incredibly fortunate. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you both very much, Dark Putin. Yay! Thank you very much. Ah. So I have a question. Um, so when it comes to, because all geeks are passionate and we all have our things that we love, does it go too far sometimes? Uh, so my example is Star Wars. I love Star Wars, um, and. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but, you know, people have strong feelings about the new right. movies. And right. sometimes it just feels like, can we just not enjoy this rather than having to constantly crap on it all the time? 
Does anyone have experiences like that in the geek world? Well, it's pretty constant. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Because there's a part of you that does want to kind of analyze what you're watching. It's like, is this, you know, are, what are, what are, what's being created? It's what, it, what kind of impact is it having on various groups that watch it? Is it being fair? Is it is it uh, helping? Is it not? And so you wanna you wanna do the an, uh, the analysis, but I think there's a way you can do it without getting so like so rude with people about it. Um, and that's unfortunate that that happens because these are worth these are conversations worth having because our our communities are evolving. They're getting bigger. They're getting more diverse. And we want to be able to feel like we can invite everyone in and everyone can feel feel good being here. We don't want to, you know, have this entertainment and like, you know, have it at the expense of someone in our in our community. That's that's not right. So I think these are valid conversations to have. And it's just unfortunate when you see so much, you know, so many so much resistance to it. Or you know, it's, it's not even just like being open to listening or like when you're like, oh, okay, that's an interesting point. Maybe we should. I hope that they do that the next time. And then it becomes like, no, this is absolute wall that kind of breaks in and, and suddenly there's these factions. It's like, look, we just wanted to kind of talk about where this was going and now it's not something else. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for myself, um, I actually had a, a recent experience um, and uh, uh, I have a wry smile when I think about it because it's just so... So um, it was just, it was just, um, anyways, uh, what happened was uh, I was having a conversation with, uh, with a, a friend of mine um, and we were talking about, and we were talking about uh, the Star Wars and Star Wars movies and um, I, uh, we were talking about Star Wars 8, which was uh, the, what was the name of it again? The Last Jedi, there we go. It's strange to me that the last the Star Wars movie is not The Last Jedi which I get, I understand. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I personally, I, I really enjoyed The Last Jedi. I watched it, I, I thought it was great, got lots from it, it you know, it entertained me, great. Um, I was chatting about it with a friend about uh, talking about the movie and I, and it just innocuously came up, we were starting to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi and I said, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. And and my and my friend out of nowhere goes, essentially goes, what are you stupid? <laughs> That's not cool. And then and then he proceeded to go. Are, he essentially basically said to me, are you a real Star Wars fan? I'm like, yeah. and I was like, and I was like, uh, wait a second. First off, first off, I'm not close enough to you where I need to defend myself to you. <laughs> Unfortunately, sad. Um, and secondly, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I would love to have a wonderful, easy, chill conversation where I say, oh, I like this part, and and you go, ah, oh, but what about that thing? I wish we, I wish we were able to have just like a normal conversation about the pros and cons of the movie instead of being like, do you like this thing that I hate? You're stupid. <laughs> um, it was like being on Twitter in real life. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, sometimes people have expectations when new movies come out, and when those expectations are not met, they get very offensive and angry. Uh, for example, I just saw Birds of Prey, because I love Harley Quinn, but I have some friends that were like, well, she's not in her classic jester outfit, so I'm not going to see it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's Harley Quinn. Go see it. it and it rocked. I thought it rocked. I had fun watching it. I really liked it. Yeah, I tried to watch Suicide Squad. I couldn't get ten minutes into it, yeah. but that's just me, and that's fine. I, that, I'm not. Though really great soundtrack. Really great. Yeah, soundtrack. Great, really wonderful music. But yeah, but for that movie didn't work for me. But this one really, I had a great time. Awesome. Yeah. I think as well that there ends up being, like you said, Daniel, some uh, form of gatekeeping on top of it. It's like, well, if you if you like those movies, then you obviously don't like this geekdom right. because like real geeks don't like these movies. It's, it's like uh, uh, it's like when uh, uh, Marge Simpson was on the school bus and her her friend said, "Ew, you like the monkeys?" <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, you know they don't even play their own music, right? See, even the Simpsons was already talking about uh, toxic fandom way before we even had the word for it. 
You're like, let people enjoy things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, here's the question. Um, do we as geeks feel like we're owed something? Ah. Um, I know because now geekdom is very mainstream, um, and there's a lot of really good representation of geeks in mainstream culture. But for a very long time, including my generation, it was not fun to be a geek. Yeah. It was not a good time. It, um, so, so true. Does that kind of toxic attitude come from, like, I went through this shit, and you don't have to. Why do you get to be part of this? Why do you get to go to an expo? Back in the day, it was just a dark basement. <laughs> I used to walk uphill both ways to school. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pat Oswald had a really great essay about this where he talked about how hard it was for geeks to find the stuff that they loved when they were younger because mm -hmm. the medium was so far, far just spread out. And so you had to actually work to, to curate all these, these items and these stories. And now it's on the internet. You can find it anywhere. And so now there's this, there's this group of people who are like, well, I had to go through all this. Why is it so easy for you? Does it mean that you have as much investment as I do? And it's basically these guys have a security blanket and they don't want to share. So uh, I, it's like, I get it. This is really important to you. You put all this work in. Uh, but appreciate that we really love it too, um, and it, it does, you don't have to work for it anymore. Sure, but you still get to enjoy it. Right. Thank I you. Mean, I think there was a there was someone. Oh, sorry. This is the, probably the best example I've ever had seen. Was like you have these uh, someone talking about to young kids like, oh, you you don't have the Beatles, you don't have the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah, we do. It's on my MP3 player. We we can still love it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just different experiences, but it's the same enjoyment. Right. Thank you. I was thinking about this question earlier, and I was like, I want everybody to be able to enjoy the fandoms, because then I have more people to talk to about them and geek out with. It's like having a giant piece of pizza. You're like, take a slice, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, now, uh, uh, Jeff, I think it's now time for another random cameo. Random cameo. If this is okay. Uh, I, I did not check in with Jeff about any yeah, of no, this beforehand. I, I know nothing about random cameos, but I'm loving it. I know. Um, also, uh, but before, before I bring up uh, this other random guest, uh, have you guys heard of uh, the, the program, the, the service called Cameo? Is it Cameo? Yeah. Where you can, uh, where people can order, can hire you to send them random messages? Yeah, the dude oh. from uh, Deuce Bigelow is like 15 bucks. <laughs> really? Wait, Rob Schneider? Rob Schneider. It's just fifteen yeah, bucks. $15. I gotta go. I wanna. That's a deal. That is a great deal. Where do uh, I send my money? Yeah, that's. Uh, you get a personalized recording from Rob Schneider. That's uh, cool. We could get a personalized recording of Rob Schneider to introduce the fear of science. Yes, we could. Yeah, yeah. Um, we um, need to get on that for cameo. I, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, make the money. Uh, now, uh, you know, you know, talking again about, uh, you know, finding finding places, and again, uh, fostering and building these these communities um, in order to uh, create. You know, I think it's very important for for us, for any generation, to leave the landscape better than it currently was for the future generation, right? Whether it be fandom or the environment. Yes. So, uh, um, our, our next question, guys, uh, I would like to invite uh, Montana, uh, Montana, uh, who uh, is, runs D&D, &D, uh, YVR D&D &D Masters. Uh, round of applause for Montana. I love oh, that our cameos are just friends of ours and they don't even know they're coming. I know, I know. <laughs> Who've uh, also been on previous episodes uh, of ours. Now, uh, Montana, uh, for our listeners, for our live audience, um, you are, uh, you are the founder, co-founder? You're the co-founder of YVR D&D &D Masters. Dungeon Masters. YVR Dungeon Masters, thank you very much. Um, and you help create uh, a community where people who are looking for a Dungeon Masters for their RPGs um, can uh, find a D&D &D Master or uh, where you guys can actually train Dungeon Masters in order to be Dungeon Masters for people. I think that's fantastic. I think that's a great way to uh, uh, build a community. What inspired you to, um, to give back to this fandom, to this geekdom of Vancouver? Uh, well, basically, I was 
I had a hard time finding a group myself. Uh, moving out to Vancouver is really hard. Uh, but I wanted to make sure it's easier for everyone else because I, I felt like the game was that could give something to people. It really helps people be creative. It, it gets you out of your skin. It allows you to try and make mistakes and in a comfortable setting. So I wanted to like reach out and like kind of give it to the whole community. I want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to be able to role play and be creative and have fun with their friends. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Have fun. Make new friends. Uh, that's that's what that's what being a geek um, should definitely be about. It shouldn't be about stopping people from doing, uh, from, uh, you know, like let people like these things. Uh, now, uh, Montana, for, for us, uh, how long have you been playing D&D and uh, what is it about D&D that you enjoy so much? Uh, four years uh, and I've been, what I really love about it is it actually got me out of my depression. Uh, I was going through a really bad depression cycle and I needed to find some kind of something to be creative and something for an outlet. And I found Dungeons and Dragons because I love fantasy, I love magic, I love all kinds of geekdom, but this really spoke to me because I was able to sit down with a bunch of people and like use my imagination and creativity to communicate with people in this like very special way. Going on an adventure and like killing a dragon, I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Perfect. Sweet. Thank you very much, Montana YVR Dungeon Masters. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and they do events around town. Uh, so again, another great example of how building community, celebrating our geekdom is an absolute positive. It can help us out. I love that. And D&D is incredible for that, just to, to allow yourself to, to transport yourself to another world and build strong friendships. Although, on the other hand, D&D can be a very toxic place too if you get into the wrong group and if you don't have a good DM. So I'm glad that Montana is around with groups like YVR um, DMs that kind of help train people in a way or, or help support people, right. guide them. Guide Great them. way of, right. yeah, um, to, to kind of stop some of that toxic right. behavior as well. Thank you. Now, uh, for, for our, our panelists here, uh, uh, I'm now, now at the point of the episode where uh, I'm Curious, and if you can speak to this, great. If not, I, I also understand. Um, has there been, uh, is there an instance, you know, for myself, the instance that came to my head was my friend being like, there's no way that you can be a Star Wars fan if you like uh, The Last Jedi. Um, have you yourself personally, um, whether in a personal geek setting or in a professional geek setting, have you ever had an experience that made, that made you stop and go, wait a second? or even made you feel afraid, made you feel fearful for what, what was happening? It's a very deep question. For, that, uh, that is a deep question. Um, I don't know that I've ever been fearful, because like I said, uh, most of the people that have had negative comments about me do it on the internet. Right. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Evelyn13. <laughs> Send me all the hate mail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, I've, again, I've, most of my interactions are limited to the Internet, so it's easy to mute, it's easy to block, uh, you know, so you can handle those things. Or, you know, my, my favorite way of countering any of this is just send them animated GIFs and make fun of them for an hour, and, that's, right. that's, and they go away. Um, but, yeah, again, I'm also very protective about my address and my, my, my any kind of uh, contact information because, yeah, I, I've seen friends who've had stalkers show up at their door. Oh, no. And, uh, and even uh, positive ones. They like someone who just loved you so much, they just want to get to know you and they want to be there. And it's like, dude, how did you get the... Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you're, you're, there are ways you can protect yourself. Uh, and you know, the rest of it is just... You just try and keep as arm's length as possible from right. the drama of it and understand that, yes, people are going to be this way. They're going to get a little overboard sometimes, and you try not to feed it too much. Right. Now, uh, now, Pia, uh, as well as working on uh, Why the Last Man and uh, lots of other great titles, you are also a very uh, uh, prolific and a very well-respected uh, political cartoonist, a very well, uh, love your political cartoons. They get shared all over, um, and they're hard-hitting and absolutely um, uh, wonderful. But again, political cartoons, uh, which uh, uh, are absolutely can be contentious. Oh, yeah, I get tons of, of hate 
uh, comments at me. Uh, but I found the way that, again, when you're, especially when you're dealing with social media, when you're dealing with Twitter, uh, you can nip that in the bud. You can, you, once you find the first person who starts it, because it's, you're basically getting these hordes of people who come in in waves because it started with one guy who shared, retweeted something. So once you find who that first person is, you block them, and then it all disappears. Ah. So that's like blockchain can do that, too. I haven't really jumped on that yet. I've heard people recommend it. Um, but yes, I have been seen, I've seen so much vitriol online because of it. But again... Yeah, you just you just you stay distant from it. It's like this isn't personal. That's their beef. It's not mine. Uh, they can go do whatever they want. Right. Thank you. True. Yes. Um, a note on stalkers. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it really in the cosplay community, but definitely as a model, I've had people reach out to me and try to, you know, ask me for my personal information, which I don't give out, obviously. But I had one photographer who wanted to work with me, and when I refused to give out my phone number, stopped contacting me, and I was like, well, there you go. Right. <laughs> Thanks wow. anyways. That's true. Remember, the only personal information you should be sharing online is your SIN number, <laughs> uh, your uh, uh, birth date, uh, last four digits, I believe. Yes. Uh, your mother's maiden name. <laughs> yes, that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> uh, wow. Now, uh, uh, where... Um, uh, uh, in terms of staying, you know, staying safe, and again, uh, you know, uh, uh, making sure that your your information isn't uh, made available online. Um, I think that's a that's a great that's a great uh, a piece of advice in general, not just for not just for geekdom or fa fandoms, but it's also about um, staying safe online in your everyday yeah. life. Yes. Stretching the things like if you're just sharing photos, like if I like, oh hey, something grew in my garden. I have to make sure that there's no identifying features of my house. You know, I or you know, it's it's because people will track it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but you, there are simple things you can do and keep yourself from from getting into that trap. It's uh, unfortunately, I think that it like. Knock on wood. Uh, you all see me knock on wood. You hear me knock on wood. Um, I, it would unfortunately be very easy for anyone to serve me papers. <laughs> it's like, all right, we know we know where Daniel is on a Tuesday. Uh, oh, he, he goes to he goes to this uh, he goes to Trout Lake Community Center four times a week. Yeah, we'll get him. Why do they want to serve you papers though? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying they don't right now, right now. Yes. But uh, that's why I'm knocking on wood. Yes, it's very, yeah. very. Is that important. how you live your life? Just trying to not get served papers? I think that it's probably. I think that's a great uh, motto to live life by. Live life so that you're not served papers. Uh, very. Uh, I'm now imagining Daniel being some kind of secret spy that's really bad at it. Yeah. But again, if you were a spy, the least you would have to worry is is paper serving. Uh, it's like, oh, there's a red dot on my shoulder. Ah, oh, darn it. Um, so uh, uh, from so now that we've you know talked again a little bit about um, you know the the pros of why fandoms are important and uh, definitely some of the the negatives. Um, my uh, my last question that I've had is for for ourselves and for our listeners here at Fan Expo and for uh, our uh, Fear of Signs listeners. Um, if there's if there's one thing you know for for younger listeners or people who are maybe on the, the outskirts of coming to a Fan Expo, um, is there a piece of advice that you would uh, give someone in order for them to say come back into being a geek and being proud of being a geek or or to give a piece of advice for a younger fan lots of great young cosplayers here what would you say to them to hopefully instill in them uh, the the ability to be a, a safe non-toxic welcoming person in this community Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a bit of advice to, to start it off here. Yeah. I'd say um, listen to people and understand people. I think everybody has different opinions, um, and other people's opinions are valid. Oh. Um, even if you don't agree with it, um, it's still good to respect them and appreciate them as a human being. Absolutely. General Hux is the best character. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, Coming when I've been in geekdom for a very very long time, and there are times when you, you you know you've seen people trying to be bullies about it. You think that times like this, you have to remember what it was like to be bullied, what it was like to be ostracized for what you liked, 
and don't do that to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Respect what they enjoy and, and, and understand that it may not be for you. If it's not for you, that's okay. Truth. <laughs> uh, and for for myself, um, I, I to build upon uh, what Jeff said. Jeff, what, what you said was absolutely beautiful. I think it's absolutely um, uh, more more l listening and more um, just like I, I think it would be great if if we could all just be a little softer and more empathetic with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, now, this is just a personal question for for me and Jeff. Jeff, did we do fear of empathy? We did, like, a couple weeks ago. Why can't I? <laughs> Fear of Empathy, track it down when it's live. Is it live? I coming, hope so. Coming out at the 1st of March. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and for yourself, uh, Evelyn. Um, I'm definitely not one that should be giving advice. <laughs> but <laughs> I would just tell people to enjoy the things that they love. And kindness is a beautiful thing, and you should just spread it. Wonderful, perfect. Great. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if we have any questions from the audience. Thank you. For our panel. Anybody? Lots of nice nod. Oh, oh, we, oh. Uh, let's, uh, uh, let's, uh, uh, into the microphone, uh, we have someone cosplaying um, as an entire Borg sphere. Um, <laughs> listeners, I wish you could see this. This is a, a giant working Borg sphere. Um, parts are shifting and moving. Um, How do you get so many small Borgs in there? I know. Uh, oh, oh, it just assimilated an audience member. This is awkward. Uh, but hello, uh, uh, what is your name and what is your question for our panel? Hi, my name is Ryan. Um, possibly a bit of a controversial question, but when we're talking about acceptance and tolerance, and especially when we're looking at um, when we're looking at written or video formats of geekdom, which, as you put out new and new things, you will get some deviation. But there's usually a relationship between the fans and the creators, and it's kind of a two-way street. So, where's the balance between the idea of deviation in your work, like how? how far can the work actually deviate from where its core is? And on the fan side, balancing the accepting of that deviation. Mm. Okay. Ah, perfect. Thank you. So um, perhaps to build a little bit upon that, so uh, how much fan service is important versus like how much giving the fans what they want versus, versus what the core material needs, perhaps? It's kind of, somewhere around there, yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, you, you want you want to give the freedom for the writer to, to, to explore with a medium and try and do something interesting with it. Uh, and I can understand deviation happens. Uh, but you also, I mean, you, it, there's criticism that you're always allowed to criticize and, and, and discuss and analyze. But when it comes to the creators kind of, you know, the, with their heads, they're going to do what they do. Uh, and... You know they're fans too, so you can. I guess you can hope that they're not going to deviate so far, and things will, will, will kind of, kind of part ways at times. Uh, other times, some someone will nail it. But I think uh, the best stuff that comes, like I always love the stuff that kind of goes in different tracks, that explores this world in different ways, like not just doing strict fan service, because that can get really tiresome. Mm -hmm. uh, I've I've had a few movie experiences where I'm like, oh god, this. You know, like we're we're doing a callback and doesn't make any logical sense in the script, but uh, you know, but whereas you know, if the if a writer's going to take something and look at it, like what and ask questions, like what what if we tried this? What if this happens? Because you've got this open question here. Let's go there. Let's follow that. It may go in a weird direction. It may be really uncomfortable for people, but it's it's a risk, and I kind of like seeing that sort of sort of thing happen, especially when you're talking about a franchise. I mean, I know these worlds are really important to people, but at the same time, it's still a business. And so it's like you kind of have to step back a bit and, and understand that people are just trying things. They're, they're playing it around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're all trying. We're all trying. I love it. Thank you. Now, uh, we have another question uh, uh, up here. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about this cosplay? It's something that I'm not quite used to. Uh, what are we seeing? Oh, God. It's a full-size sentinel. I've never seen. Wow, I mean, it's it's like real size sentinel. They actually had to open up the roof of the Vancouver yeah. Convention Center 
uh, for the person to step this is in. At least 70 feet tall. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it's actually going, uh, it, it's a very robotic sounding voice. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, hello. Uh, hello, Sentinel. Hello. Hello. Uh, I was just wondering an elevator pitch of your geekdom. Do you have an elevator pitch? Something you could say to someone who wants to come into your fandom and then you can explain it to them very quickly. Oh, oh, th th oh thank, thank you, Sentinel. Uh, it, it just crushed North Vancouver. This is awkward. Yeah. Oh, he just stepped on a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I will start for, for mine. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite geekdoms is pro wrestling geekdom. Pro wrestling fandom. Oh, I love pro wrestling. WWE, uh, AEW, Impact, uh, New Japan, uh, ECCW here in Vancouver. Um, the reason why I, the, the wrestling geekdom is huge, but um, at the same time, there are definitely, uh, there are definitely toxic parts of it as well. Um, that uh, uh, when I read wrestling uh, uh, blog sheets, wrestling, uh, when I you know watch content, there will definitely be people who very will call out their own toxic parts of the community um, in a way that's like, well, there are these bad parts, but I think it's also trying to walk that fine line of not not excommunicating people without trying, but yet still trying to welcome them in, if that makes sense. I guess what I would say is my elevator pitch for the pro wrestling community is to let people know uh, that. Uh, Pro wrestling uh, fandom, it's still real to us, damn it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to push Daniel on this a little bit more and make him answer it twice. Um, because I think Daniel is kind of the king of Vancouver improv. Oh, yes. So uh, thinking of yes. the, the fictionals and the, and the improv community... Yes. What would you do for improv? Uh, for the improv community here in Vancouver, um, I, I would tell people that uh, improv, like any other geekdom, is for everyone. And uh, improv, like any other geekdom and fandom, uh, there are so many different facets and parts uh, and things. So just because you don't like one part of comedy, just because you don't like improv, maybe you'll love stand-up. Just because you don't like Marvel, maybe you'll love DC. Just because you don't love WWE, maybe you'll love AEW. Um, the point is that uh, don't, don't give up on something that maybe you're interested in. Uh, just because you don't like this one thing. Maybe you like D&D uh, 3.5, but you don't like D&D 7? Five. Oh, so close. Uh, so essentially, yeah, um, uh, keep... Uh, my, my wish for people is for them to not give up on something that they tried and then didn't like, or they hated you know, uh, a certain Star Trek movie. Maybe they'll love the Picard TV show. Just... Uh, uh, don't be afraid to try something new, and don't be afraid to leave something in the past if you don't like it. That too. I like to just keep it simple and say, "Come to the dark side." <laughs> so much more succinct. So much more succinct. Is that dark side cosplay? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my whole life, though. Oh. Come to the dark side. I think for me, it's just try new things. Uh, don't be afraid to try new things. If you're reading superhero comics most of your life, try some manga. Try some something weird, like like a like cooking manga. Uh, like, oh. Yeah. <gasps> I, I, cooking know. manga? Oh, have you not seen these? Oh, yeah. They're uh, <laughs> I've played Cooking Mama. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of one, but it's a, it's a really fabulous series that went on for years. Cooking and it's manga? Yes, and it's, a, it's like a newspaper reporter is on an assignment to find the best foods that represent Japan. And each chapter is just one little food. So it could be one is about salmon, one is about sushi, one's about rice. And it's like so fascinating. And I never thought I'd be sucked into this. <laughs> and I love this series. And I'm, I'm so sad that oh. I've forgotten the name. I will now. Google this. Uh, are there recipes too? Yes. Oh, yeah. this is amazing. It just shows you, like, I learned how to make a really great eggplant dish, like a, like oh. a, a, 
yeah, it's, it's this wonderful kind of cooked oh. eggplant that's sweet. And it's like, we just followed okay. it. And he shows you how to do this. And so he has these like cooking competitions with his father, who's a well-known chef. And, uh, and it's all very emotional. And it's like, wow, I didn't know I'd learned this much about soybeans. Uh, so it's, it's fantastic. Um, I'm going to remember it. I'm going to remember Wonderful. It. And look, it just. reminds me of those uh, when you go to some of those cooking blogs. Then you're looking for a recipe, and they've got like ten paragraphs oh on the God. story of of them making the recipe for the first time. You're like, oh, I just want to know what the ingredients yes. are. You have to always scroll down yeah. to the bottom. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's like an unskippable cutscene. Well, I guess I'm. I guess I do need the story. Oh, oh, oh. I was just like, all this talk about food and poutine is making me hungry. Oh. <laughs> Um, ah, yeah. My fandom, I don't know what I would define as my fandom anyway. Podcasting? Is podcasting my fandom? I would say, absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole alley here at Fan Expo. Yeah. I don't know, it's more of a corner than an alley, but hey, <laughs> it's here. Yeah. We're the nerds in the corner, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as uh, usual. I think for, for podcasting, I'd say uh, just try it, just give it a go. Um, it's a low barrier to entry. Um, the nice thing is that there's not very many podcasts out there, so it's really easy to get into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not oversaturated in the least little bit. So, My husband you know. has like four or five podcasts going. Yeah. I didn't know he was on four or five until he was on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much cross-pollination cross in, in yeah. podcasting. Um, wonderful. Well, uh, I believe our time is slowly running short here for our uh, Fear of Science Live um, at FanExo Vancouver 2020. Uh, for, for our listeners who are live here at the convention and for those listening to us at through the fearofscience.com, uh, where, where can our listeners, where can our listeners here find out more about the two of you and your great work in this geek community? Um, you can find me on evelyn13.com, which has links to all of my social media. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all them things. Uh, I, I am available on Twitter primarily nowadays, so at Pia Guerra. Uh, and I, I'm always blabbing off every day. So. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and I will say uh, I'm very excited about the upcoming YTV show. Yeah. We're hopeful. It's FX is doing a great job with it. I love everything I'm seeing. Uh, hopefully later this year or next year. Awesome. Yay. Uh, and uh, for for ourselves, uh, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and soon to be Cameo. Cameo. Yeah. yeah. TikTok. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, most of all, again, we want to thank all of you for listening and for all of you here at Fan Expo. Uh, we're very glad that uh, Fan Expo has uh, brought us here and brought so many great other podcasts uh, throughout the entire weekend. So come on back. Uh, come uh, say hello to the different podcasters here. Go and say hi to Pia and Evelyn uh, here at the convention. And uh, for Jeff and myself, uh, we have been Fear of Science. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>